Hello and welcome to Cats Out of the Bag. I'm Kat Hennessy and in this podcast, nothing is off limits. Hello, my queens, and welcome back to another episode of Cats Out of the Bag. Now, this episode is going to be super interesting. I'm, do- I'm doing an episode on red flags, green flags, toxic relationships, and non-toxic relationships. Now, I feel like this is going to be a really good episode because it's something that we all can relate to. No matter if you're a man or a woman, single, dating, in a relationship, whatever, we've all probably experienced some sort of, you know, toxic traits in a relationship um, or some really positive ones. And yeah, I just feel like it's a really important conversation to have. And there's been a lot of times in my in my life, in my dating life that I have ignored red flags. And tell you what, don't bloody do it because if you notice an early warning sign of something you don't like in another person, I guarantee that it is going to come out or get worse later down the track. And I mean, even if you haven't experienced this in dating, like it can even be in friendships, like you can have, you know, toxic friends and I've been there too. I've had people I've cut out of my life. I've had people who don't respect my boundaries. Like there's, there's so many areas that this can go into. So really fucking excited for it. Why am I doing this? Well, Funny enough, I was actually on my on the phone with my girlfriend the other morning and I was like, oh, I don't know what to do with this episode on, like, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, because I, I was meant to have another guest on. She cancelled on me last minute and I was like, ah, like, I'm just very unorganised, guys. You'll, you know, it's, it's something I'm, it's one of my 2022 goals to be more fucking organised and we're already at the end of Jan and I'm still not organised. So when's it going to happen? Um, but yeah, we were chatting about like, pretty much I went on a date and it was really fucking good. And I haven't been, I literally haven't been on a date in six months since like ABN guy when he fucked me over. Like I haven't like actually been on a date and left and felt good. And like last, like Sunday I went on a date and I actually, it was the first time in so long that I've actually felt like someone treated me nicely and respected me, which is so fucked up because like I've obviously slept with people in the last six months and you know, I've kind of had a, I did, I guess I did kind of have a date, but it wasn't really a date. He like brought me over fucking burritos and we had sex one time. Like, you know, so I I have definitely like done my dash still, but like, this is the first date I've had in such a long time where I felt fucking good. So I'm going to start off with a bit of positivity and let's do some green fucking flags. Cause I guarantee the most, most of this episode is going to be red flags. Um, but pretty much so known him for a little while and we were chatting and we we're like going to get dinner and his, I was like, oh, I'll just, you know, meet you in Berlin. He's like, oh, don't be ridiculous. I'll come pick you up. And I was like, oh no, like, don't be silly. Like, no, 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 it's fine. I'll come get you. And I was like, okay, sweet. Like epic. Haven't had a guy offer to pick me up like ever, like maybe like once or twice, but like, I feel like that's such a gentleman kind of gesture and just like, it's such a little thing someone can do to make you feel nice. So yeah, came and picked me up, went to dinner, had like really awesome conversations. I went to the bathroom towards the end and I came back out and he'd like grabbed the bill when I was in the bathroom, which was like, you know, I'm so happy to pay my way. And that, and that to me wouldn't make some, someone a red, like wouldn't give me a red flag or a green flag. Cause you know, I'm happy for it to be evenly split, but like, it was just really, really nice and like made me feel good. Walked to the car and then he opened the car door for me. So it was just like three little things that 
were so simple. Like it's not fucking rocket science guys, but like three little gestures that can just like make, you know, someone's a good person. And like, it's so easy to make another person feel good. So why, why don't people do this more? Like it doesn't take much. So yeah. So, I mean, I'll, you know, I won't, I won't go into more details cause you know, hope he, hope he doesn't listen, but yeah. So I'll, I'll leave it at that. But yeah, I had a really nice time and it just kind of made me realize that, I've been putting up with way too much fucking shit for too long and I need to set more boundaries for myself. And I just felt like I wanted to dive on into it and hash into it um, in today's episode. So I also want to thank you guys who have sent me in some stories and replied to the question box, like definitely um, have got some interesting ones to read to you and people have had some fucking awful experiences. So I am very sorry for that. So I think like a lot of the time, like there's this whole thing where like you want what you can't have and, you know, you go after someone and like sometimes they make you feel inadequate or like you're you're not good enough. And I was chatting to my girlfriend about this and like she was like, you know, sometimes that is a little bit of like past trauma. Like, you know, you have had past trauma in a relationship where someone's made you feel not good enough and you know, then that almost gives you this like want for that person who's doing this. I feel like I'm explaining this really badly. Pretty much. I've been like interested in this guy recently who just wanted to be my friend. And instead of just being like, okay, sweet. And like continuing on, I automatically started questioning myself. Like what's wrong with me? How could he not want to be with me? Am I not skinny enough? Am I not pretty enough? I started like diving into things that were wrong with me instead of the fact that, Hey, maybe you're just not fucking compatible or maybe he just doesn't like you and that's okay. But I feel like because I'm still fucking traumatized from my past relationship and like the emotional abuse there that automatically when something is a little bit negative or, you know, it didn't make me feel good. It it just brought up things from there. Like, me questioning my appearance because he used to tell me that I was, you know, not pretty or too fat or, and then I automatically went back to these things, which is like so unhealthy, but you know, we're all, we're all fucking guilty for doing that sometimes. And yeah, I guess like just looking back at some of the shit I've dealt with in the past, like, I mean, I used to date this guy when I was younger, like I was super young and we would have, we had this thing going for like, I reckon a year and a half, two years where we were sleeping with each other all the time. He'd want me. He'd not want me. He'd want to be with me, not want to be with me. He was so like never, pretty much he like didn't want a girlfriend. That was his whole thing. Yet we spent like pretty much every day together. We hung out all the time and he, it was a really fucking difficult relationship for me because pretty much like I'd like go over to his house and he like had this like separate room downstairs and I'd like have to go around the side of the house. Like didn't introduce me to his mum even though he lived at home for like a year. And I just feel like it actually just made, it made me feel so, it was, it was just so disrespectful. Like I would go around there and I'd sleep with him and then I'd leave. And I just like look back at myself doing that and I'm like, how did I fucking allow, like how did I not go whoa, this is a red flag. Like this person, sure, you might not want to introduce me to your family and make it serious, but don't like sneak me in and out of your house. Like for you to just go, oh, hey, mum, this is Kat. Like, you know, 
have, would you like a coffee in the morning? Like I literally couldn't go upstairs and I'd stay down in his room and then like leave. And I'm like, that is so fucked. And we're back and forth for ages. And then um, he ended up like going overseas for a bit and he was like quite alone because he was in a foreign country and all of a sudden he wanted me, he wanted to be with me. He wanted to move back and make it official. And it was like the best fucking thing of my entire life. Like I honestly, I thought, you know, this was it. Like I was, li- I was literally like 18, 19, like, please. Anyway. And then he came back and we were dating for less than a month and he was like, oh no. Nah, I don't, I don't want to be with you like, and ended it. And it was just, oh, it was just honestly so confusing. And it took me a long time to get over that. And it was just such a like toxic relationship. When I look back at it, like I was never good. I never felt good enough. I never felt like he properly wanted to be with me and I should have stepped like left that situation a lot sooner than what I did, which I didn't. Okay. So some of you have sent in some red flags and I'm going to go through them and give my opinion. Someone being negative and complaining when you've only just met them. Yeah. Look, I feel like there's a certain type of person that, you know, it's like poor me. And, and if someone's negative all the time, like that's not good energy to be around. So yeah, that's, I mean, I'll definitely go with that being a red flag. Green flag family orientated for sure. I think this is a massive one. Like my one thing my mum always says to me is like, you know, you can always tell how a man's going to treat you by how they treat their mother. And I've always thought about that. Like if someone, you know, treats their mother with respect and has a good relationship, like I guarantee that you're going to be treated with respect as well. Um, so yeah, that's hundred percent a green flag. So yeah, so this girl, my boy, my ex-boyfriend told me I couldn't have a vibrator because it made him feel redundant. I just think that is so wrong. So then um, she ended up DMing me a bit more and she was like following on, fr- on from that. We ended up buying a vibrator together, but his rule was that I wasn't allowed. It wasn't allowed to be penis shaped and I wasn't allowed to keep it at my place because I couldn't use it without him. I dated him for nearly three years, which is mortifying. Okay. I feel like there's a few issues here. Firstly, I like with that, it's the control. If you feel like someone is controlling you and like telling you how to live your life, I think that's really wrong. Like I've had guys try and comment on like how I dress or like, oh, you shouldn't wear that or you shouldn't do that. And like, yeah, you don't want to be with someone who makes you, you know, question your, your appearance or how you're dressing or anything like that, especially like your self-pleasure, like their main priority should be like, your pleasure in your relationship. And like, if a vibrator is going to do that, that's fucking awesome. Like, I just feel like that screams insecurities about the other person and, you know, they're not feeling confident if they, if they don't want to explore that in the relationship. So yeah, glad that's over. Absolutely. Okay. This one's super interesting. Okay. Lol, this is kind of long, but here's a fucking red flag if you've ever seen one. I was in a relationship with this guy, full on, living together for two years. One afternoon, we're sitting on the couch and he's being shady as fuck. You know, texting with his phone basically at his eyeballs and so intently that we couldn't even have a conversation because he was so engrossed with whatever he was talking about. Giving me these weird side eyes to make sure I'm not looking at his phone, naturally, I click on and I ask who is texting. The defensing my parents, am I not allowed to have a relationship with my parents, comes out and he said he he was going to dinner with his parents later that night and organising it. 
Anyway, naturally I caught on and thought that this was bullshit, but could it, couldn't exactly prove it. So I just left it. Later that night, he went to his parents' house for a drink and I went with a friend to a wine bar down the road from my house. Lo and behold, he was on a date with some random chick that definitely was not his parents. So I go up to them, pull up a chair and ask, who is she? And get all this attitude from her saying, who the fuck are you? And I'm like, doll, I'm your date's girlfriend. Turns out that he has been messaging her for a solid two weeks saying that he and I had broken up and he was finding it really hard living alone and the breakup really got him down, etc. When he was literally sleeping in the same bed with me every night and having sex, etc. Going to his parents' house every Sunday for dinner, all very couple stuff. Oh my God, so bad. So I was messaging her and like, then she was like, look, I think you've always just got to listen to your gut. I felt it hard. So I'm so fucking glad I, f- I found out. Otherwise I probably would, would um, have ended up staying with him and ended up miserable. And she goes, oh my fucking God, lol. And after I saw them at the bar, naturally I was fucking so angry. I went home, packed up all of his shit with my friend and put it on the street and text him saying, we're done. If you don't collect your stuff by Sunday night from the nature strip, it's going to the tip like he should. Then when we were sorting out the house, etc., he sends me fucking invoices for half payments of kitchen knives, groceries from the other week that was leading up to that, internet bills, etc., which equated to about $700, is literally trying to get money over nothing. And he is a lawyer. And in the email, not even by text, he goes, you have until COB to pay me the, the monies that you owe. Otherwise, I will have no choice but to take this further in court. Like what? Like, so then he tries to fucking like sue her. Like, anyway, I think that's like definitely a big, big red red flag. I think if someone like is, is shady with their phone, I think that's always a really sus thing. Like my ex would, um, he hung out with this, his best girlfriend all the time. And she was like quite awful about me. So I didn't really feel comfortable them spending time together. Cause she like, just pretty much said she didn't want to get to know me and didn't want to meet me. And they'd had, they'd slept with each other before and stuff. And he, so naturally, like, of course I'm, I'm not going to be comfortable with that, but he would always delete their messages. Like there'd be no messages in the phone. And that just always made me feel so uneasy because it's like, well, you obviously have something to hide if you feel the need to delete messages. Um, and then, yeah, so he was always like so like didn't have his phone by his side, like leave his side. He'd change his passcode, like all sorts of weird shit. At the start it was like you read my phone, like here's my passcode, like all that kind of stuff. And then all of a sudden got really cagey with it. And one night he got so fucking drunk that he was like absolutely blind, started like pissing on our balcony. I just had this like awful gut feeling. I was like, I just know, I just know there's something in his phone. And like, yeah, you probably shouldn't invade someone's privacy, but like, you've also got to like trust your gut sometimes and fuck me dead. Was I right? I go into his phone. He was so drunk. He passed out on the couch and obviously didn't have time to delete the messages from that day. He was messaging another girl trying to sleep with her while he was dead sober down the coast. And I later out found out that he did cheat on me with her, which is absolutely disgusting. Um, And then it turns out that he was hanging out with that girl behind my back the whole time and lying to me saying he was like working late and stuff, but he'd be going to hers for dinner. So he'd like be deleting their messages about going over for dinner and stuff. So yeah. So anyway, I should have probably like walked away from that a lot sooner. And I feel like I saw a lot of red flags early on in the relationship. Like when we first started dating, um, 
I had a health kick and it was really important to me. It was like an eight week challenge with their 45. And I was like, no, I like really want to get back into health and fitness. He was like, cool, babe. Like let's cook dinner together on Friday night. Let's do something chilled. And, you know, I went and got all these groceries and he just like didn't answer his phone, turned it off and like went out and went on a bender and like wasn't answering. And I look back at that now and I'm like, fuck, I wish I had walked away from that when that happened to me because it would have saved me so much more heartache. But all I did was give him the benefit of the doubt and hope that it was a slip up. And it's like, I saw these early warning signs and I chose to ignore them. And I feel like that is the biggest thing. Like don't ignore these early red flags and, you know, warning signs, because I guarantee if it comes out early on, it's only going to come out later on. Like they, they say there's like three month job probations and six month job probations because apparently in like three months you can like hide your personality and cover it up. But in six months it all comes out and I feel like it's so similar with relationships and I feel like that's why all of my relationships only last like eight months because like first three months, hello, hello husband, like who are you? Best person I've ever met, legend, treats me like a queen, like couldn't speak more highly of them and then like I just feel like for me it just always unravels and it always, you know, I get to that six-month period and it's like they're a different person and I don't want to sleep with them anymore because they're just being a dick half the time and then, you know, all of a sudden I'm like, dating a stranger to who I bet at the start. And that always happens to me. So it's like something I'm so cautious of now. And I feel like I'm really going to like, you know, when I get in a relationship again, I want to take it a lot slower and like give it more time because I've been burnt so, so much in the past. And like, I let people in too quickly and all of that. So yeah. Okay. So another red flag when he doesn't post any pictures with you, I think, I, I can tend to agree with that. I feel like, you know, I mean, it, I, I, it'd be different if they just didn't post pictures and they just weren't really into social media. That's fine. But if they're posting photos with like their mates and other things, but never wanting to like tag you in a photo or, or, or like share you to the world, I feel like that definitely is a little bit sus. Like that automatically makes me go, well, is it because they're chatting to someone else or, you know, is it because they're dating other people? Like who knows? I think uh, um, another like red flag slash worry would be if someone doesn't want to meet your friends and put in that effort. Um, I think it's like so important um, for you to get to know each other's friends and be as involved in each other's lives as possible. And I feel like if they don't want to meet your friends and be involved in in your life, then I think that's an issue and it can be quite one-sided sometimes. My ex also used to do that. He'd never want to come to things. He'd be like, oh, I don't want to go to that. Like, and yeah, I just think like, you know, you want, you should want to meet my friends. You should want to be involved in all aspects of my life. This girl getting kicked out of his place because I wouldn't have sex with him. Death's a red flag. Lol. That's just fucking like rude and disgusting. And I just think that's just like, who does that? Like, that's disgusting. Picking up for this. Okay. We've got another green flag, picking up a girl for the date and deciding where to go instead of making it up to the date. I think that's definitely a green flag. Like I love when someone just takes initiative and is, you know, this is what we're doing. Like, let's do this. Like, obviously it's nice for you to both be involved and stuff, but I like when a guy kind of takes charge and at the start asking if you can put your red, red receipts on. I think like things like that just feel a little bit like 
controlly for me. I feel like if there's any sort of things that you're getting that feel like they're controlling you, like I, so I dated this guy when I lived in Bali and, um, he was a, he was a super, super strict Muslim. And obviously we had very different beliefs religiously and stuff. And that in the end of it was probably the demise of our relationship. But like, he would want me to text him at all times of the day. He'd go like, oh, well, if you're going to go down the road to get a coffee, like you need to text me and let me know. And I'd be like, "Mm, why do I need to let you know that? And he's like, because I want to know where you are. And I was like, no, well, that just feels like really controlling to me. Like if I duck out from work to get a coffee, I don't need to tell you that. He's like, well, I want to know that you're safe. I'm like, "Mm, doesn't sit right with me. And then he used to tell me that like he hated when I wore nail polish and stuff and like weird shit like that. So like, I feel like anything that feels like someone's controlling you is a massive warning sign. And it's quite scary if you ask me. Okay. I've got another story from a girl. End of 30, living at home, used my car and never paid for fuel, rarely paid for dinner, never left his phone in the same room, told me he would break up if I touch it. Okay, whoa. The worst story about this relationship. I had an emergency surgery for a a suspected brain tumour late at night and instead of coming to the hospital, he was out partying with girls. When he finally came to the hospital, he picked me up and stayed with me. During this time, I had a bad feeling about him cheating on me and confronted him. Mind you, I was still on bed rest from my surgery. He got so angry at me and told me I would ruin everything with my trust issues and and was super aggressive towards me. During our argument, I I started to have bleedings and he just left me saying, you can deal with this by yourself and was driving home, came back two weeks later and confessed that he was actually cheating on me the whole time. So many more fucked up stories, but that was pretty toxic. I just think like, what? I just, I, I don't know. There's something about like your intuition, like when you know, you fucking know, like it's, it's a full on thing. Like, I feel like every time my gut's been like, it's even like if, if you, if a guy's super into you and texting all the time and then you notice like a sudden shift in their behavior and you know, they don't seem as keen. It's like, you can, you sometimes just like know if there's been a switch and stuff. Okay. So I have another one in here. Hey, so I guess I'm writing from the perspective of being in a bit of a toxic relationship currently, all the while knowing this, but not doing much about it for various reasons. The toxicity is mostly in a form of anger bursts, which often get directed at me. Pretty soon after I get an apology and acknowledgement that it wasn't right, we discuss his mental health and what's potentially wrong with him, i.e. mild PD, lack of willingness to understand himself, as well as being unable to express emotions healthily. Then so the cycle begins again. Various reasons I'm still in the relationship are that I'm from the UK as a working holiday maker and essentially alone and would freak out if I didn't have him, I reckon. We have a great time together and have a lot of love for each other and I'm having the best time of my life with him and he's very encouraging of me. I guess my thoughts here are like, is there a spectrum of toxicity? Like toxicity that is manageable and then toxicity that is completely unacceptable. I think we need to be careful when we red flag things as I see so many people red flag things on podcast groups when all they're doing is labeling a guy's personality trait, which is pretty harm harmless as a red flag. And just because they don't like the trait, i.e. goes out with the boys every week. Totally agree with that. Like, you know, I made like an ick video the other week and I was like, doesn't wear like, you know, 
full, full undies. Like, you know, there's totally, there's totally that. And I feel like that is a bit of a, like, it's a bit of an internet craze where you're like red flag over like something stupid. But I do think there are genuine red flags out there as well as like silly ones. And then in terms of like, if, if there's a spectrum of toxicity, I think it, it really depends on the person. Like, and it depends like what, you know, what the background of the relationship is, what type of person you are, what you're willing to put up with and like, what's actually going on. For me, I feel like I have been burnt so many fucking times that if I see the slightest thing in a guy that I don't like, I will straight up be like, fuck yeah, because I'm so scared of staying with someone and then having kids with them and then they turn out to be this asshole or something. So I think like with that, I, you know, I don't think you should ever stay in a relationship because you're worried about being alone um, if you didn't have them because that's, you know, that's not healthy in itself. You don't want to be with someone because you're dependent on them. You want to be with someone because they uplift your life and make you a better person and, you know, bring something to the to the, the puzzle that, you know, you don't have. Or I, I think like you've got to remember that even if you do break up with someone like, yeah, it's going to be hard and it's going to take time to you know, get back into the swing of things and get into your groove. But like, you're not going to be alone. You're going to make new friends. You're going to make new experiences. And you're probably going to put yourself out a hell of a lot more because you're single. So right now you might feel alone because maybe you spend all your time with him. But if you were single and you were going out to dinner with girlfriends and, you know, making more effort in those situations. Cause it, it's true. Like you get in a relationship, you get complacent, you don't put as much effort in with your girlfriend sometimes. And, you know, instead of like going out for dinner with the girls on a Friday night, you're like, Oh, I'm just going to like watch movies with my boyfriend. And I'm like, I'm fucking, I've done that so many times, but I think the biggest thing is like, don't stay in a relationship because you're scared of what's going to happen after. I think look at the relationship and if the bad outweighs the good, then it's, not worth it. And it's also like, is, is what, is what they're doing to you going to get worse over time? Is it manageable? Is it something they're going to work on? Because it's like, sure. Like he might have some issues right now. You know, you said his, it comes in a form of anger, which is directed uh, at you. And then you get an apology. So I think the thing is, is it's like, how can you make sure that that anger is not going to get worse over time? Like what can you do to prevent that? And then it's like, you know, if he's looking at ways to make changes in his life, then I think that's great. Like if he's like, okay, I'm, you know, struggling with anger issues. Um, I'm going to like meditate every morning and I might see a psychologist once a fortnight, you know, if they're making active changes to help the toxicity in the relationship, I think that's a great thing. But if someone's not willing to change or do anything and there's no sign of it moving, I I think it, it's, it just becomes a cycle and it's just going to get worse and worse until eventually you come in, you have a breaking point and you can't take it anymore and you end up leaving, but a hell of a lot more damaged. And I'm speaking from experience, but like I totally love that you've sent me this message and I don't want you to ever feel like you're going to be alone because that's just not the case at all. Like I, you know, I was so scared to end it with my ex. Like we lived together. I was living alone for three months and I was terrified that I'd be like, I mean, I am the biggest pussy ever. I was scared. I'd be like 
really scared at night, but, you know, I ended up like making all these new friends and organizing dinners every night and going out all the time. And I was having so much fun. And like, you don't know what you're going to be like until you're actually in the situation. So yeah, I think that's definitely would be my take on that. Um, okay. So this one's a bit of a story, but it's a good one. Well, it's not good because it's sad, but I'll read it in. Okay. Hey cat, settle in because this is a big one. When I was 17, I met a guy. Let's call him Sam. Instant connection. We met at a party. He was a year older than me and a total babe. He was chatting to a girl at the time that was bullying me. So I waved him over and we hit it off. It was not, it was at this party that we almost had sex, but not quite. After the party, we were chatting heaps, but we were both seeing other people and he was still pretty involved with his ex. Red flag number one. I also had schoolies coming up and well, who wants to be tied down at schoolies? Very true. Fast forward five months, we are both dating other people and a week before my 18th birthday, we both, without knowing each other, become 100% single. On my 18th birthday, he asked me to be his girlfriend and we changed our Facebook statuses because that's what you did back then. Lol. So and so are in a relationship. Now, if you do it, it's like fucking cringy. A few months into the relationship, Sam decides he wants to, to be with the boys more. So he starts ditching me for them. One night I got us an apartment and he left me there alone to go and see the boys. Red flag number two. This continued on for six months and then he broke up with me. I was devastated because I had never fallen for someone as hard as I had for him. While we were broken up, I started dating Daniel. Daniel was lovely, but he was a bit of a clinger. However, he was good to help me get over Sam. Daniel and I went out clubbing one night, drinking my champagne and whipping my hair. I saw Sam approaching me. It turns out Daniel and Sam play in the same soccer team. I had no idea and Sam was pissed. Sam quickly came back to me saying that he hated seeing me with someone else and it made him realize how much he loved me. Two weeks later, we are back together. By this time, I was almost 19 and he didn't know and didn't know what a red flag was despite it slapping me in the face. When I was 20, two, year later, two years later and still together, I went to America with Make-A-Wish Foundation for my brother. Pause for context. My brother was diagnosed with stage four cancer and I was 16. He was in remission by this time. When I got away, when I was, while I was away, Sam got very distant, told me it was because he didn't like being on his phone Red flag number three, who doesn't speak to their partner while overseas? While I was away, he went to Splendor in the Grass and in his group was Karen. Karen hated me, mainly because she always had a crush on Sam and she was dating him before we did. Well, I never found out for sure, but there were rumors they kissed while I was away. When I got back from America, he kept messaging her despite telling me he loved me and didn't want to break up. I was so young and no idea and had no idea who I was and had just found out my mum was diagnosed with breast cancer. Just a side note, this is after my brother was put into remission for stage four bone cancer. So I ignored red flag number four and we stayed together. He blocked her number and we never heard from Karen again. Fast forward to my 24th birthday and it's time for us to leave our parents' houses and move in together. Things in our relationship have been great and not just for months, but years. Now we have always said we should live with friends first, but the pressure we felt made us go for it. Background, Sam is an only child. His parents would do anything for him. This includes his washing, dinners, making his lunch, cleaning his room, etc. Red flag number five. Well, Queens, never move in with a boy that doesn't know how to do the washing. Six months go by and we decide we, have an up- we, decide we need an upgrade because of our 
two of our friends are moving in, Corey and Matt. By this point, things in our relationship were getting rocky. Sam was working shift work, including nights and weekends. He wasn't seeing his friends or family. He was very distant to me. On a night out, we were in a cab home and I had his phone because he was hammered and kept dropping it. While looking at it, a message from his friend James came up asking if he had told me about the trip to Bali he had booked. My heart sank and I felt ill. This boy who told me we were planning a trip to Japan has booked a Bali trip with the boys, all the single boys, and not not wanting confrontation on a night out, I kept my mouth shut. I asked him the next day and he shrugged it off saying I was drunk and misread the message. Red flag number six. That is fucking gaslighting 101. And if you notice someone doing this to you, if someone doubts your own beliefs or makes you question your sanity, fucking run for the hills. Two days later, Sam's phone lit up on the bench and it was a message on Snapchat from his ex. The ex that he was with for years before me lost his virginity too kind of ex. I instantly knew it was a bad sign. So I opened the message and read through. Despite being Snapchat, there were quite a few messages saved and I read them all. I confronted him and he admitted he wasn't happy in our relationship, blamed me for his depression and not seeing his friends, even though we never saw each other because of his work. In our big chat that night, he told me that the Bali trip got booked one month ago and he was scared to tell me because I was so excited about Japan, but he fucking, but he felt like he had to do this for himself. Red flag number seven. Pause for more context. Throughout the years we'd been together, he has been on on several boys' trips and one trip with me. I asked him, shall we break up? And he said yes. So he packed his bag and went back home to his parents' house. I stayed in the house with our roomies. Lucky for me, our friend Corey was moving out and my girlfriend Sarah was moving in. It was just the support I needed. 12 hours later, I have my mum at my house helping me move all of his stuff so he can come get it and I can move out of the master bedroom. I had to give it to our friend Matt as I couldn't afford the room without Sam. I couldn't stop crying. Even Sam's mum rang me and apologised for his behaviour. I get a call from Sam later that afternoon and he is crying and telling me he can't do this. He does love me, doesn't want to split and instead wants to work through things. Again, I've just turned 25. I still have no confidence or self-love and the love of my life told me he wants to make it work. So I say, okay, but he can't move back in. He has to move out. He stayed at his parents' house, went on his trip to Bali in June where he faced time me every day and I was checking his phone all the time for messages from the ex or anyone. Things were good for a while. Then they slipped back into back except this time we didn't live together, so more space than ever. In August, I got a call from my mum saying that my nan has terminal cancer and I need to get to New Zealand if I want to see her before she passes. Sam was there for me but made it clear he wasn't able to take time off work because of the trip he had just had. Red flag number eight. Seeing my nan so unwell and not having any fight in her made me realize that I was living my life for someone else and I needed to go fight for the things I want and find strength in me to do that. So I flew back home and two weeks later, my nan passed away. I asked Sam to come back to the funeral with me and he declined. While I was in New Zealand, he moved into a share house with his guy friends, which red flag number nine, as we weren't moving back in together like I'd hoped. I spent a week in New Zealand and being with my extended family, I finally realized what I deserve. I came back from New Zealand and after three tequila shots, told Sam I was breaking up with him for good. I told him I deserved so much better. He cried and I didn't during this conversation. He was so depressed, but it was the time, it was time I looked after myself because I deserved so much better. I actually felt relief after and so proud of myself. 
For the first time in almost years, I finally put myself first and had confidence to say goodbye to this toxic boy. Now, you probably think that this is the end of the story and I'm living my best life. Well, I am living my best life, but this is not the end of the story. To be continued. Oh my God. I'm like, I need to know what's happened next. So I feel like I'll have to save that to be continued story for another pod. But I feel like, you know, I feel like she saw red flags earlier on. And this is like a classic case of ignoring your red flags and not setting your own boundaries and just kind of strolling on through, like rolling on through it with someone. And then in the end, at the end of the day, like these issues keep coming up and they keep happening. Okay. I've got another one. Me and my first boyfriend booked a hotel for Valentine's day. And after dinner, he got a call, which happened often. And I always knew it was sus when it was one of those. He came back into the room because he could never talk on the phone if I was there and said his friend's dog just died. So he was going to go outside and talk to him, but he never came back. What the fuck? He asked another girl to be his girlfriend while we were still together. And the girl posted a photo of them kissing on the lips on Instagram. I legit passed away, screenshotted and sent it to him. And he said, just friends, most fucked up situation. I just, yeah, I I feel like at the end of the day, it's like, I feel you've got to like know in yourself what you want in a partner. You've got to have your own boundaries. You've got to know what you deserve and you've got to stick to those boundaries and commitments to yourself when you meet someone, because it is so easy to give them the benefit of the doubt, hope that it's going to get better. Oh no, it's fine. But like the end of the day, your main priority is you. And at the end of the day, the most important relationship is the one with yourself. And if you can't even like keep promises to yourself and know your self-worth, then how can you expect someone else to, you know? So I feel like I've learned this through all of my different relationships, um, things people have done, like, you know, I've been in ones where I've been emotionally abused and just I've, I've honestly, I have, I feel like I haven't even told you like half the stories about some of, some of the things I've been in. And honestly, like it's, it's fucking terrifying, but you know, I've, I've gone through these things and I do believe that everything happens for a reason, even if it might take you a few goes to like learn it for yourself. But I feel like, you know, what, what's the saying? It's either a blessing or a lesson. I feel like that's probably wrong. Cause I always say everything wrong, but you know, it's, it's either like a good thing in your life or you know, like, so for instance, like, yeah, I had some great times with my ex, but like, it was definitely a lesson for me. It was a lesson that what I wanted, what I wanted in a partner, I've built this like incredible relationship with myself over the past two years and it's been the best thing for me. And now I know that when I go back into a relationship, I know what I want. I'm not going to put up with crap. Fucking fingers crossed. I don't get my rose colored glasses on guys. But yeah, I think, and and it's also, you know, red flags come into relationships as well. Like relationships can be toxic. Like, you know, is, is your friend, is your friend consistent? Do they message you once in a blue moon and then not message or like get obsessed with you and then disappear? Do they value your time? Do they flake on you? Like, do they, do they commit to a plan and then pull out last minute? Like, you know, setting boundaries, all of that. So I, I feel like red flags and toxicity is like everywhere around us, but it's like, you know, picking up the good ones. So if you notice something that's good, recognize that and be fucking stoked about it. And if you notice something that makes you feel like shit and 
you don't like it, then, you know, you need to walk away and value your own time. So I think just to wrap this up, like, you know, I know like for me, I feel like my walls are pretty up and I set some pretty hectic boundaries on myself. Like if you notice this red flag, like run, but also I'm totally going against what I'm saying right now. But I also think like communication is key. And at the end of the day, communicating with someone is super important. Like if you feel trapped in a relationship or you see, you know, warning signs, you know, don't, don't isolate yourself, talk to your friend, talk to your mum. talk to your dad, like have the conversation with someone and don't hold on to this. And also like, if you're noticing something your partner's doing or someone you're, you're dating is doing, like communicate that because you're never going to know if it's going to change unless you voice how you're feeling. So I think like, don't recluse, don't isolate yourself. And, you know, it, I think it, it is so dependent on like the situation because it could be something like really serious or it could be something minor. So it's like if it's something you can work through and you could see yourself coming out on the other end of it, then 100% do it. But at the end of the day, like your happiness, your mental health, everything like that is the most important thing. So you've just got to like get all that into check. And yeah, and I just think love yourself and yeah, don't, don't let anyone treat you like shit. Um, just, yeah. Remember how um, important you are and, and don't let, you know, someone else dull your opinion of you or change that at all. So yeah, that is probably all I'm going to talk about today, but um, thank you so much for listening guys. And it's probably a little bit of a deeper episode, but um, yeah, I think it's a really important conversation to have. And one, I definitely like to have a little of you guys again, because there are so many fucking red flags. Um, but yeah, I will see you all next week. I love you all so much. Have a fabulous week and I will see you soon. Cats Out of the Bag is proudly part of the ACAST Creator Network. Special shout out to Rode Microphones for powering this episode.